And a very warm welcome. Thank you for tuning in to By the Word of Their Testimony. I'm your host, Etienne McClintock, and By the Word of Their Testimony is based on a very important scripture found in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, where it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Today in the studio with me, I have a very special guest, Finney Power. Finney, welcome. Thank you. Very nice to have you here. Now, Finney, you currently are studying as a theology student, and you have done two years. You're on your third year. Is that correct? That is correct. Wonderful. So, look, uh, how is that going for you? What, what, what are the studies like? Very, very challenging. Yes, that's right. Uh, when I first came to college, uh, I'll tell you more about that, how I came there, but yes. when I first came there, I thought it would be a, a walk in the park. Right. Uh, but theology students, I've noticed since being there, um, we're always in the library, and there are certain times where I don't even have a social life, but um, wow. okay, well, always that, studying. That will be hard because you look like a social person to me, <laughs> so if you're in the books all the time, I guess that will impact the social life mm-hmm. a little bit as well. You're not married, I take it. No, I'm not. No, well, no social life. That's uh, that's going to be expected, I guess. It's <laughs> but okay. So you you're currently studying theology. So obviously, mm-hmm. you felt a call on your life by God through the Holy Spirit to, to come into study ministry. So maybe we can just step right back. Maybe you can tell us where you were born and just a little bit about your family background and that. Uh, well, I was born in Sydney in a okay. Camberdown Hospital, and uh, I was born into a an Adventist family, you could right. say that, but um, yeah, my, my father at first was not an Adventist. Okay. He came from a, a, a different um, denominational background, um, and my mother was Adventist, and oh, she shit. um she married him, and um, there was certain contention between the two, and sure, uh, she often told me that she she wanted to leave, wow. um, because um yeah my my father before he he met Christ he was very uh, abusive. Okay. Um, but um, the Lord worked on his heart, and mm-hmm. um, oh, Amen. It's good. And he came to the Adventist faith, and they they are both now in the Adventist faith, and so as so am I, and my brothers and sisters. Right. So, mm-hmm. how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have five brothers and two sisters. Okay, so that's a good good family, and it's a great number. Number seven. I've always liked the number seven. I think it's biblical. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm the sixth boy. You're number, are you the number six? Yeah, so I have five brothers, and I'm six, and then I have two sisters. Oh, so it's eight? Yes. Okay, well, the number eight in the Bible is for a new beginning. <laughs> so that's also a good number. <laughs> Wonderful. Mm. So I'm just wondering, um, Finne, you were born there at Camperdown, so you're, you know, you're a local lad, mm-hmm. and uh, you grew up, when you grew up, your mum, did she take you guys to church at all? Yeah, she, she often did. Uh, every Sabbath, we would, we would go to church and... Um, the typical island church there's often I'm, un, I'm sure that it's present at most churches is this idea of fighting 
Okay. And uh, it was very prevalent in the church, in the island, the churches. And often when I was a young young boy, I'd often see my um, my uncle come from the business meetings and I would wonder, why is he bleeding? This is really? me when I was really, really young. I was saying, how do you go to a business meeting and, and you come out bleeding? So at this time, I, I didn't I didn't know. I was still young and I was just yes. thinking, I was saying, wow, what happened? But as I grew older, I understood that uh, it can get pretty tough in business meetings. Are really quite contentious. Mm-hmm. Yes. So were these theological discussions or were they arguing about other things? Um, I'm unsure because um, <laughs> it, was, it, it was in Tongan. It was oh, in Tongan. Okay. Yes, because so my background, um, my mother is Tongan and my father is Samoan. And uh, um, okay. so I'm half caste. Yeah. But um, my mother and my father, they can speak Tongan and Samoan fluently. Oh, both languages, both of them. Mm-hmm. But... Um, me and my brothers, unfortunately, we cannot speak the language very well. Not not Tongan, neither Samoans. Maybe no. a few words like, you know, mm. uh, Talofalava. Yes. yes. <laughs> or Malo. Yes. Ilele. <laughs> See, I spent a little bit of time in New Zealand, so I've got some Tongan and Samoan mates. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a few words. I First, when I heard how to say hello in Samoan, instead mm-hmm. of saying talofa, I was going alofa, <laughs> which apparently means I love you instead of how are you. Yes, yes that is true. <laughs> yes, oh, no, very mm. good. So, okay, so you you had that background. Now, mm. how old were you when you, your father became a Seventh-day Adventist? I'm, un- I'm unsure. I, I, I still have to inquire with my parents of that, but all I know is when I got to around 12, 13, he had uh, come into the church. Yes. Okay, so 12, 13, right. Mm. Okay, very good. So you were brought up. Did you go to a Christian school at all? Or did you go to a uh, just a, you know state school? Uh, yes, I, I um, my because our family was too big. Um, my parents they often uh, worked two jobs. Okay. And my mother she had a, a big workload due to the fact that she was studying full time, and she had two jobs. Wow. Um, when since I was very very young, mm-hmm. and um, my my father also had two jobs as well, and uh, often at times they they had to go out and work just to provide for the family. Yes. And this might seem pretty bad, but um, at the time I, I now looking back and reflecting, I understand that you know as parents you do whatever you can to provide for your children. So, yes. Um, from yeah. a very young age, um, I had to look after my brothers and my sisters. I'm talking eight, nine, ten, and we often be left at home by ourselves. I'm oh. um, just so that they can go out do night shift, day mm-hmm. shift, and study. And so, um, yeah, my parents were very, very um, hard workers. Okay, and that sounds like it. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, your mother was studying, so she was working hard to better herself as mm-hmm. well. Yes. Well, that's wonderful. So basically, the oldest sibling was the oldest brother, yes. oldest sister. They would mm-hmm. look after the, the children, the rest of the kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you grew up like that. Yeah, excellent. So, uh, what happened subsequent to that? I mean, what? How did you? How did your life turn out? That you, um, in high school and that, did you know what you wanted to do? Did you think, oh, I'll go and do study theology? <laughs> was that something you thought you'd end up doing? It was. It was never on my radar. I I, I wanted to be a, a fireman. I wanted okay. to be a, a physiotherapist. And the funny thing about it was. Whenever I chose something, yeah. my brother would choose the same thing. Older brother, younger brother? My older brother. Yeah. And so um, when I chose physiotherapy, he chose physiotherapy. And when I chose to be a fireman, he chose to be a fireman. So it got to the point where I was like, man, he keeps copying me. <laughs> and so um, I didn't know what to do. I, I just I just went with whatever came. Whatever doors mm. got opened, I, I, okay. I went and, and, and did. Okay. Mm. 
So uh, physio, fireman, and then uh, by the time you get to high school and that, mm. did you know which one you were going to head to or did something else happen for you? No, I was, I was still unsure. Um, but in high school, I had, um, I had a huge, what is the word? Um, I, I wanted to be a, a football player. Right. Well, yes. you've got the bull for a football <laughs> player, so definitely I could see how that would be on your radar. And so you started playing football yes. at, at high, during yeah. high school? Because mm. uh, uh, from, from a public school, um, I, um, I went into high school, but uh, that transition was quite hard due to the fact that I was obese. Um, considering oh. my background, um, my parents not being home and our family being so big mm-hmm. that the only thing that they could uh, get for food was processed food. Right. And so we okay. would eat these, um, these fattening foods, which yes, um, yeah. I, it had a big effect on me due to the fact that I just grew, grew and grew. So right? um, from year seven, I remember my, uh, my weight in year seven was 127. Right. And how tall yes. were you at that time? You would have been shorter than you are now, obviously. Yes. Very, uh, probably a meter and a half. Okay, so that's quite that's heavy for that, isn't it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I I wouldn't have known because you're a big strapping, muscly guy now. That's quite lean. So who would have known that you've transitioned from you know being obese to now being fit and healthy? Yes. Okay. So while you were that size, you decided my no, football would be my career, mm. or did you start training and then start losing weight? What what, what happened? Yes. Oh, so what happened was I, I I came to high school and because my two older brothers had already been there, yeah. they had uh, developed this reputation of uh, who the power brothers should be. Right. And so they set the example. And when I came in year seven, I, back then I think I, I ruined the reputation because I was so big. Okay. But my brothers were quite lean. Mm. Um, and um, the thing which happened was um, it, I started getting bullying as, as, as a young, okay. young high school student. I got bullied and um, I remember quite clearly, clear as day, um, just like it was yesterday, I, I, I remember coming out of high school and um, my my brothers would um, they would stand far away from me, hmm. and um, at that moment, this was during the first week of high school. Right. Um, and um, when your own family members, when they um, when they do that to you, yes, that, um, that would be hard to swallow. I'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to give in words. It's just you don't expect that from family. No, no, because you feel almost mm. like there's a betrayal in a sense, isn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And uh, so um, whenever, when that happened, I remember reading a verse in the Bible once about um, how Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not. Yeah, First John. And, um, yeah. Whenever I read that verse, it always comes back to that. And I, I'm reminded of, um, of how Jesus came and yet the mm. people he came to save, um, mm. they, they despised him. They rejected him. Um, so you, when you read that, you could relate to that because you sort of felt you've had a similar experience, you know, with your family. Mm-hmm. And that was simply because of your weight that your brother sort of stood back because they felt mm-hmm. they had a reputation for being physically mm-hmm. physical and physically active and sports people. Yeah. And, of course, you were a bit heavier set back then, mm-hmm. and they felt that you wouldn't be able to maintain the reputation. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they were slightly shy or maybe even a little bit embarrassed about, mm-hmm. about it. Well, mm-hmm. So w- what did you do to cope with that? Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a pro for for being obese. For me, when I was in year seven, the thing, the uh, the pro was um, whenever girls saw me, yeah. they used to always cuddle me. Oh, you get a lot of yes. hugs, yeah, yeah. So you were built for comfort, not for speed back then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they would often come and um, play, uh, like they would squeeze my cheeks because yeah. I was a bit 
yeah, very chunky. Yeah. And um, they would just hug me, and that was very comforting. But um, sure. But after that, I, I decided, oh, I need to start losing weight. Mm-hmm. And at, at first, my intentions were bad. But when I reflect now, I, I, I think, man, my, my intentions should have been different. But I, I started to train uh, every morning uh, for footy. And we used to always go to the gym. And, you know, when you go to the gym, often at times you work the same muscle, yes. especially when you're not educated in okay. how to train. And mm-hmm. so I would usually go with my friends and we would um, often do the same body exercise over and over again. Um, and it got to the point where um, we didn't see any progress. Right. And I there's a spiritual lesson in that. You know, oftentimes mm. we work the same, the same muscle over and over again, but the muscle only grows when it rests. Okay, right. So we never rest. Mm. Every morning we were just weight training, weight training, weight training. Okay, so same if you're doing chest, for example, mm-hmm. you're doing chest every morning. Yes, every or morning. Or legs every morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the rest is important. You can actually undermine yes. your own effectiveness in your training if you don't let the body rest and mm-hmm. recover. Yes. Oh, interesting. Okay. So you started doing that from about year seven? Yeah, year seven mm. all the way to year 12. Okay. So yeah. your body obviously started changing then. You started mm-hmm. losing the weight, started building a bit of muscle. Yes. And somebody finally must have shown you how to train properly? No, no one no? did. <laughs> we just we just went over and over again to the to the gym and we'd look on YouTube. and. Oh, so you, you were teaching yourself a little yes. bit by looking on YouTube and that's how you discovered mm-hmm. then about the rest and all that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Oh, excellent. Okay. So, okay, so obviously then physical training and that became important. Were you getting mm-hmm. more involved with sports then or was it pretty much gym that was your... Your forte. Yeah, I was getting very, very involved in uh, in footy mm. and playing rugby, and uh, often. Uh, Were your brothers standing a little bit closer to you at this stage? Yes, they did. <laughs> okay. Yes, they did, and I, they often at times they would come and encourage me as well, and mm. um, they would they oh, actually good. they actually inspired me to go into it because my my older brothers. Um, they um, they were really really good players, right? Um, and they had set a high standard, a high bar, uh, mm. which I was trying to achieve as well. Okay. And uh, so uh, I actually played played with my brother for the first time uh, just before he left high school for the first time ever, and uh, that was a, a an experience mm. uh, just to play with your older brother. That would have been mm. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. So how much of an age difference is there between you and your brother? I um so I'm 23. He is 24, and my oldest brother is 26. So 26. Okay, so about three years between you mm. and your older brother. Yeah. Right. Okay. So uh, obviously, sport then become quite quite important to you. Mm-hmm. And regards to spiritual inclinations and that, where was that sitting as far as the priorities were concerned? Um, You're still involved in church and going to church and so on. Mm-hmm. I um just as I I mentioned before how I, I couldn't speak my language. Yes. Um when whenever my mother and my father they took us to church, mm. it was in Tongan. Oh. So um we there was a language barrier. Sure. Um and so um my my spiritual inclination to spiritual things they weren't um that fervent as they are now, but um understand. Whenever we went there I I all I could hear was just Tongan and I, I couldn't understand it. Sure. And uh, many of my cousins actually left as a result of that. Um, mm. And I often questioned why? Why am I coming to to church? Yes. I can't understand anything. Yeah. yeah. Um, as I look back, I, I I could have brought my Bible and I could have studied it for myself, but um, for twenty yes twenty one years I went to a. A Tongan church where um So you the, you kept on going faithfully for mm-hmm. twenty one years although you didn't really understand the yes. language. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be very hard because how do you 
receive the gospel if you don't understand the mm-hmm. language in which it is presented. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the Bible talks about you know, uh, faith comes by hearing, mm-hmm. and hearing by the word of God. So, mm-hmm. unless you understand the language, mm-hmm. it'll be very hard to grow your faith. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then, what happened at twenty one? So you, did you keep on going to church, or did the things change for you a little bit? Um, me and my cousins, we actually um, we had enough. So okay. uh, what we did was um, we uh, the, the church decided to have a board meeting, mm. a business meeting, and um, we decided as as young people, oh, okay, we need to address this issue and come before them and tell them how we're feeling. Yes. Um, and I, um, it was me and my two cousins, and my two cousins' name is um, Joshua and Enoch. Oh, really? And so, yes, um, they had biblical names. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we were just encouraging one another. We need to, um, we need to be open to this change due mm. to the fact that our, our church was in a predominantly Muslim area. Okay. And um, with a Tongan service, it would be uh, it would be hindering the gospel from going out to the people, mm-hmm. um, and so we brought that before the business meeting, and um, we uh, we shed some tears, and because it really meant a lot to us, because some of our even some of my brothers left mm. um, as a result of the language barrier. So um, we uh, we addressed that, and it, it's taken a, a pretty long time, but I can tell you, God is really good, because um, at the start of this year, they decided to change to an English church. Oh, okay, so this is still a Tongan service, or is it all English now? It's uh, it's all English. They they sing some uh, special items in Tongan, Tongan? but okay, um, that's nice. But it's yeah. all in English, and we're actually seeing more people come to our church, and I just want to praise God for that. Hmm. Well, that's 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 wonderful to hear. So, you presented this, and then finally they realized, look, we're not going to be able to share the gospel unless we mm-hmm. change the language. And some of those people you said that had moved away, you know, some of the uh, young people who couldn't understand the language, mm-hmm. did they move away to an English church or did they just leave the church altogether? They left church altogether. Okay. And some oh. of them actually went to a different church, mm. which was not on Sabbath. Okay, mm. right. Okay, so I can understand the concern. So, so mm. that obviously would have left an impact with the with the elders and Definitely. the and the people who are making decisions that you know mm. they realize they were losing young people and. Language being one of the big barriers there mm. for them. Wow. So when what happened subsequent to that? Uh, after I um, after twenty one. Yes. Or, yes. Um. So at twenty one, we were being very very hungry for the Lord. Me and my cousins. Um, okay. So there was we, a passion for the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we wanted to know more about what we believe um, mm. and whom we believe and um, what do we stand for as a church. Yes. Um. So uh, an elder from another church, another SDA church. Uh, actually um, decided to do Bible studies for us. Okay. And this is the first time I've ever done Bible studies. And I went to the Bible study, and I was, I, I, I had to question him on some things because I said, hey, do we believe in that? Um, and I, I told him, oh, where is that in the Bible? Because um, throughout year 7 to uh, year 8 or yes. year 9, um, my friend, who was another tongue, and he would often buy me food, hmm. and um, he would often buy me pork ribs. Oh, so um, he would buy me that every day, and I used to eat it. I didn't know about it. Yes, I, yes. I knew clean, that clean foods was yes. not on your radar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, when we took Bible studies, he, he was talking about the health message, and I was like, "What? Do we believe in that?" And he said, "Yeah, we do." And I, I, me and my cousin went back home, and we referred to Acts chapter ten. About the unclean food um, in a vision coming to Peter. Yes, of course. And um, we, 
he, we argue, you say, hey, look, the Bible says we're allowed to eat it. Yeah, you can eat whatever you want. <laughs> but, and so we brought it back to him and he yeah. said, read properly. Mm. Study the Bible. Context. In context. Absolutely. Amen. And, and, and it, it wasn't talking about food. No, it's talking about the Gentiles. Yes. It? Yeah, yeah. And so um, from then we started to um, journey with uh, with God, and we um, we started to walk with the Lord, and we we were just open to so many things. We we didn't know that we believed in those things and how biblically grounded um, the doctrines of our church is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was all brand new discovery mm-hmm. for you. So that would yes. have been quite exciting. Yes, it definitely was. It got to the point where it got too exciting. Uh, I, I, I say this due to the fact that um, me and my cousin Enoch, yeah. when we had uh, finished the Bible studies, we, we were so on fire for the Lord. We had so much passion for God that we wanted to go out and tell people about it. Yes. So what we did was we, uh, we bought a book, which was uh, the introduction to, um, to Mormonism. Ah. And we started reading through on a, a, a Sabbath afternoon. And uh, after, after we read through the whole book, we said, hey, okay. Tomorrow we're going to a Mormon church, and uh, so what we did, we went and visited the Mormon church, and um, we were still small in our faith and our understanding of the Word of God. Mm. Uh, we went to a Mormon church and we sat through their their, um, their service. They usually have a, a their divine service, then they have their Sunday school class afterwards. Okay. So we sat through the divine service, and then we went to their Sunday school, and we had to go to the visitors' Sunday school. Yeah. And when I went to the visitors' Sunday school. I tell you of the truth, I shared three verses, mm. and um, the teacher actually asked me, um, sir, can you come and teach us? And I was like, what? Yeah. Are, you, are you serious? In my mind, I was saying, man, these people, are, are they, they're hungry for the Word of God. Yes. Uh, all I shared was three verses, and mm. that's all I really knew. Um, and uh, afterward, the elders would come to me, and we just started to discuss about certain theological things. Um, but afterward, we left that that church and we went to a Baptist church. You went to a Catholic church, and we just started to. You were visiting all the churches, mm-hmm. yeah. So that the people, so the, the the Mormon church folk, did they know that you were Seventh Day Adventist? Uh, we 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 told them. We oh, eventually told, okay, told so them, yeah. Right, right. But um, I, I was just amazed due to the fact that, man, there are people out there who really hungering and thirsting for the bread mm-hmm. which comes from heaven. Yeah, amen. Um, in God's word. Mm. And um, yeah, they were. Um, they really wanted to know more, um, but we we had to go. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you're visiting all these churches: Catholic Church, Baptist mm. Church, and that. And that was that with the aim of um, settling into the truth a bit more, or to witness. What was your reason for visiting all these churches? We um, <laughs> we had this idea. We should. We should go out and tell them that what they're doing is wrong. Okay. That's that's what we had at first. Okay. But it got to the point where um, God, the Holy Spirit was convicting us. I think you should go to your church mm. and help your church before you go out and. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Even Jesus, when he said to his disciples there in Acts, you know, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. Mm. Uh, he told them that there will be witnesses first in Jerusalem, then mm-hmm. Judea, then Samaria, which is further out, and then to the ends of the earth. Mm-hmm. So we are to start in our own little corner of the world where we find mm-hmm. ourselves with ourselves and our family. And mm-hmm. from there you are to expand. That's the gospel, mm-hmm. the gospel commission process, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so very good. So, you know, you start attending church. Now, is this the Tongan church is now... Was this a different church that you were attending when when God convicts you to go back to your own church and oh, spend yes. a bit of time there? It was, yeah, it was our our, our church in Lakemba. Okay, yes. okay. 
Good, good. So, so what happens there? So you're on fire now for the Lord. You've mm-hmm. studied these new, these new um, doctrines, mm-hmm. teachings. Um, do you share them with the church, with the young people there? What, what happens if you can fill us in? What's your journey? Uh, so, um, what occurred was um, we um, we decided to invite people to to come to our church, and even my younger brother, he actually invited my cousin to come, and he went to a different church, and he 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 started to understand what the Bible says about the Sabbath and about the health message and mm-hmm. so forth. Um, and we just started to encourage one another. We uh, we decided that we pray. We have prayer partners, and mm. um, we we noticed that um, with much prayer there is much power. Amen. And um, we we found that even at the sound of fervent prayer, mm. the host of hell tremble. Wow. And we saw mighty things happen amongst our youth, um, it, even in our church. Um, uh, but we saw a true revival in the young people there. And I often read um. Uh, Inspiration, and um, there's a powerful quotation which uh, Sister White tells us. She mm. says that with such an army of workers mm. as our youth, mm. rightly trained, might furnish how soon the message of a crucified and risen Savior and soon and coming King might be carried to the whole world. Wow. Okay. And um, when I look at our young people, sometimes I'm like, man, how are these people going to finish the work? Yes. But when, when I see them deeply imbued by God's Holy Spirit mm. and have this focus of, of mission of going out and reaching the people, just like Jesus did, who mingled with men as one who desired their good, good who yes. showed sympathy for them, who ministered to their needs, mm. and then he won their confidence, then he bade them follow me. And so I believe that um, as we, we follow the blueprint in which Christ has given us, that we shall be successful. Right. Yeah, mm. Wonderful. So that fire that was kindled when the Bible study started for you, mm-hmm. That's the fire that you've kept warm and has kept you warm all the way through. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Well, praise the Lord for that. So I'm just wondering, is there a point in time where you can say, look, there was something that just happened right at this particular time? Maybe it was a Bible verse. Maybe it was ex- experience. Maybe it was circumstances where the Lord really spoke to you and you decided, I'm making a decision for the Lord. I'm making a commitment. Is there anything that particularly stands out or was it more of a journey for you? Mm. There, are, there, are, there are two instances. Our, actually, our first Bible study, yes. we, um, we touched uh, the first verse uh, which my Bible study teacher taught us was 1 Peter 3.15. Okay. And uh, it says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always mm. to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. And whenever we came to his Bible studies, the thing about this man was he was quoting scripture from his memory. And I often sat there with my cousin and said, man, that is abnormal. Who does that? (laughs) And so it got to the point where he he told us about the the power in God's word Mm. to withstand the wiles of the devil. Um, and he taught us about scripture memorization. And he, he often told us, he said, how many days are there in a year? And we said, there's 365. And he said, if you memorize one verse a day, how much verses will you memorize? 365. And so we, um, we disciplined ourselves to memorize scripture. Wow. Uh, to help guard our, our minds and our ears and our eyes and our mm. taste buds from that which Satan would put before us. Yes. Um, and um, so when, with that in mind, that 1 Peter 3.15, 
um, that was my first Bible study. But what happened was I went to school, and while I was at school, my my coach, which is a, a very nice man, he often asked questions to me which I didn't have the answer. Um, he knew that I was different because um, growing up, though I did not know much um, much Bible verses or mm. theology. Um, my parents taught me respect. Sure. They, they taught me how to uh, respect my elders, how to respect women, most importantly, even mm. in our culture. Uh, we had to place them on a, a high, what do you call it? I cannot find the not, words. Not like a pedestal, but, uh, you know, as far as, you know, highly value them. Yes. Yeah, put them of high mm. regard, high esteem. Mm. Yes. And so um, my coach actually saw a difference in me than in any other person. So he often asked me questions, and there was uh, this will probably be the, the point in my life where I, I can look back and say, man, I think that was one of the, the vital points in my life where I, um, which kind of spurred me in this direction. Mm. Um, he, he asked me one day, he, um, he said, um, Fine, um, you believe in God? And I said, yeah, I believe in God. And we were having a... a, a, a a spiritual conversation and then he got to the point where he said if god is good why didn't he save my daughter and um his daughter died from um misconception um miscarriage miscarriage, sorry, miscarriage. Yes, yes and um he asked me that question and my background only having one verse one bible study i didn't know much about the lord i couldn't answer him at that time mm, mm. and i was silent and even to this day, I still haven't given him the answer. But I truly believe that I have the answer today. But um, just looking back and I'm saying, man, I, that was one soul um, which I, I could have given the words of life and could have given him hope as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he often went to church, but um, he, he didn't like religion at this time um, because of that. And um, that has actually um, spurred and inspired and encouraged me to continue to go out and and uh, and work for the Lord. Yes. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, that once we start following the Lord and He trains us, He educates us in the doctrine and word and understanding. And by doctrine, of course, we just means the teachings of the Bible. Mm. We come to realize that we can be minute men, that we can mm. be ready at that time when someone asks for a reason for mm. the hope that's in us. Mm. But if we don't spend that time in the Word, and look, I'm the same as you as I look back on my life, I have some regrets where I've had opportunities and I just mm. wasn't ready. Spiritually, I wasn't ready mm. or I'd been distracted and I just hadn't spent time with the Lord because you need the mm. Word and you need the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, those two. So, wow. So you, you kept on studying, fortifying your minds with the words of the truth mm-hmm. of the Scriptures and subsequent to that, you've become, you've come to realize and understand what the Bible teaches about what God is like and that God is not responsible mm-hmm. for the origin of sin yep. or that this planet finds itself in a sinful state and suffering. Mm. And this is an alternative to God's government, but people sometimes think this is God's government. Mm. Yeah. So when people ask you now, is there, is there any Bible text or anything that comes to mind and how you would answer that if someone was to ask you, where was God when my daughter died or... Mm. You've been asked a question subsequent to that? Yes, I have. I often ask them if... Because it's, it's often one-sided, I've found. Mm. Um, I often ask them, so, like, just give an illustration. It's often in, uh, like, for example, in sport, you, you have two teams. Yes. Um, and one team is, is on this side and one team's on this side. And usually we just 
go for one side and they're actually fighting against one another and I I try and open to them the the story of the great the the meta narrative rather okay yeah, the big picture story the great yeah. controversy yes. between Christ and Satan mm. uh, and I, I I tell them that um if um if 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 God wasn't in the in the equation would there still be suffering yes that's a good question yeah, so I often ask them that, and they they often ask me, um, "That is a really good question." <laughs> um, but um, the the truth of the matter is that there's 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 two there's two um, there's two sides, mm. and they're both warring um, for something, and that is us. Yes, and um, the fight is over us. Mm. Um, mm. And when I think of that, when I think of Christ, he's he's fighting for me. Um, and whenever I go through suffering, I, I, I know that um, I'm not a parent, but I, I understand that with a parent, when they have children, um, what hurts the parents the most is when their children get hurt. Sure. And, um, yes. and, and so when I, when I look at the Bible, especially Revelation 12, how it talks about how, how Satan or Lucifer at the time was cast out of heaven. Mm. When he was cast out of heaven, the war was still going on, but he was no longer in heaven. So mm. the only way he could get to God was by getting to his children. Yes. And so when I think of that parent and children relationship, that when Satan attacks God's children, he is attacking God himself. Yes. And and I believe there's a verse in Isaiah 63 verse 10 which tells us that in their affliction he was, he was afflicted. Affli- yes, yes. Mm. Amen. Beautiful. Yes, it's quite interesting because, I mean, this planet, Jesus even referred to the prince of this world. Mm-hmm. When Adam and Eve gave over dominion to the devil, he mm-hmm. controlled the planet. His principles were, were being placed here. God intervened at many times, but mm-hmm. ultimately it wasn't until Christ came that he provided redemption. He was able to buy back everything mm-hmm. that was lost through Adam and Eve. Now, he's known as the last Adam. Mm-hmm. It says, as by Adam came death, so by, or by man came death, so by man also came the resurrection from the dead. Mm-hmm. So as in Adam all dies, so in Christ all shall be made alive. Mm-hmm. But what happens is the redemption has taken place. Um, but if we look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 14, it talks about the Holy Spirit, which has been given, the Holy Spirit of promise, has been given as a guarantee for our inheritance. Mm-hmm. So when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. It's a deposit or a guarantee. It says, until the redemption of the purchased possession. So Christ did redeem us, so the possession of it is to come later. Mm. So that full redemption is to come later. So we're still living under the principles of Satan's government where there's sin and suffering and disasters and famines. Mm. But people call it an act of God. It's not an act of God. Mm. This is a result of Satan and that opposition team. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting how Satan has been able to take the mind of man and shift it and blame God for what he's responsible for. Yeah. Mm. So look, praise God for those answers. I think it's a, a nice, nice explanation to, to show mm. the opposition team and to also talk about how, if you want to get to the parents, mm. you affect the children. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. So, Fene, um, so you're, you start the Bible studies. You start, you know, you're on fire for the Lord. There's mm-hmm. some, some of the young people in the church are on fire for the Lord. What happens between that point in time and being at Avondale College now, there must be a bit of a story in there somewhere. Yes, I. Um, back to the sport. Okay. Uh, when I, when when I was playing footy, mm. um, I was starting to make my way up. You can say in the ladder. Okay, so you um, you you're, you're quite good at what you're doing, yeah, yes. with the sport. 
Um, All and, the gym training paid off. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it, it got to the point where I played one game and I, I came off injured. Mm. And I thought it was just a cork in my in my leg. Yeah. Um, and so I waited. I was waiting to go to the doctor, and I didn't. I was so stubborn that I didn't go to to the doctor. I thought it was just a cork. Yeah. And um, a few after, days, you'll be right again. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> after a month, it, it didn't get better. Oh. Um, so I, I I decided to go in and get a scan, and when I got a scanned uh, MRI, I it, there was a there was a tear in my lateral lateral meniscus. Oh. And so that took me out for a year. Wow. And uh, this was when I was in year twelve. Okay. And um, my mindset was, oh, okay, I'll come back. I'll come back from it. It'll probably take uh, like a month or two, and I'll come back. Mm. Um, that didn't end up happening. Mm. So um, I I had such this this idea that I would um be um. Uh, this football star that I, I um that I repeated high school, just the first, just one year. Okay. So in year twelve, I repeated year twelve again, just so I can um, get back onto the scene. Mm. But for one whole year, it didn't didn't recover. Oh. And for the whole year, I was filling up the water bottles. For the whole year, okay. I was I was uh, saying I'm gonna be coming back. I'm gonna be back on the field. I'm going to be. Playing very soon, mm. I, I kept encouraging myself. But so, were you hoping for natural healing, or were you getting some treatment for it as well, some therapy, or? Um, yeah, um, my my parents, I, we didn't have that much money. Sure, okay. So, so we're um, just hoping the body would naturally yes. heal itself, and you know, mm. the tear would heal, and mm. yeah, okay. Yeah, so for and a whole year, it just didn't happen. No, nah, that must happen. have been quite frustrating for you. Yes, it definitely was. Yeah, uh, it kind of changed my whole direction. I um. I I didn't want to be a a, a football st- a star after that. I went to a Bible study rather, and um, he was sharing about um, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul. Yes, yes. And that was what the Bible study was on. And uh, from that moment, I actually decided, man, I, I what am I doing with my life? So was it a choice for you? If I go down the football path, I'm pursuing the world, but I might mm. lose. Yes. Your soul mm-hmm. was it that clear cut for you? Yes. But if you left the football and you start pursuing your relationship with the Lord, mm-hmm. that you will gain your soul, but the the world will no longer mean anything mm-hmm. to you. So it was as clear as that, was it? Yes. Wow. And uh, and uh, when I did that, the the world truly it. Uh, so that was a deciding moment mm-hmm. for you in your life, yeah. Yeah. And that was still uh, year twelve, the second time. Yes. Okay. And wow. then, uh, yeah, then after that, I went and studied in the city. Um, I studied community services and counseling. Okay. And uh, I could remember this day due to the fact that um, the very first time I enrolled for the course was my very first day in the city. Mm. Uh, because my parents are so restrictive, yeah. and it was a good thing. I, I, I loved it. It saved me from a thousand perils. Sure. Um, but um, the first day when I enrolled was my birthday. And uh, I went, I caught a bus for the first time. I caught a train for the first time. And I went all the way to the city for the first time. And I've never been there before. And it was very, very daunting. Mm. I was very, very fearful. There's a lot of firsts there. Yeah. That must have been very stressful. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I got into the train and I sat to the back of the, the carriage. And all these people just sat around me. And I, I just started to pour out with perspiration mm. and uh, I was very very scared but after a while I, I got used to it but um, yeah I, I did that for a whole year and a half and after a year and a half 
I, I was deciding what am I going to do? Uh, and this is how I actually came to college. Mm. Um, my uncle, he actually... So been, you were studying for a year and a half, mm, studying... Uh, community could, services and counselling. Yeah, okay. And then after a year and a half, I, I had graduated and uh, I didn't know what to do. Mm. Uh, and um, so my uncle, what he did was he, he went to college uh, to Avondale and uh, he had graduated and he decided to enroll me. Uh, oh, into college. So what did he? What was he studying at Avondale? He was studying theology as well. Okay, so he graduated from mm. theology. Yes, and um, he decided to get an enrollment form, and he um, he put me down. Really? <laughs> he enrolled me, and um, so, did he talk to you about this? Uh, he, he or talked to you about it afterwards. Yeah. Oh well, he came and he gave me the the thing to sign, and yeah. I just signed it. I. I Trusting your uncle? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Know, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, yes. he, he, yeah, he enrolled me to school. So I, I, Avenel and theology was the last thing on my mind. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, I, I truly believe when I reflect back, I believe God was opening doors. I, yes. I, I, I don't know what I'm, I, like I, I'm doing there. Yeah. Um, why my uncle decided to enroll me to go there? But yeah, I, I'm there. Wow. Mm. So uh, would you have made the decision yourself or was it just a bit of prodding you think that you needed just to go go to Avondale? Yeah, I I wouldn't never have made the decision to go to college. Is that right? Yes. So what was it that made your uncle do that do that? I have no idea. Was it the, did he see some potential in you because you were doing some studies with the young people? Um, there mm. must have been something unless the Holy Spirit just convicted him this is what needs to happen. Mm. I, I, I think it, it would have would have been one of the discourses which I presented on at, at church. Mm. We had a youth week of prayer and um, what happened was my, my older brother, he was supposed to present. Yes. And um, the night before, he said, oh, no, I don't want to do it. And so my parents, they got the, the sermon and they gave it to me. And I preached my first sermon there. And uh, I I think that would probably have been the thing which spurred him to enroll me to college. Right, but this is while you were on fire for the Lord. Yes. So who'd written the sermon? Uh, it was uh, provided by the conference. Oh, so the like youth a week, week of prayer. Oh, a week yes. of prayer. So okay, you had the, the, the mm. set, set up and, that, and you presented mm. that was your first sermon. And your yeah. uncle was there and he heard you preach. Yes. Okay, so he must have recognized uh, some talent, mm. you know, some gifts from God in regards to uh, your calling. Mm. So then you get enrolled, and that was just over two years ago, was it? Yes. So what's happened subsequent to that? I mean, you're obviously now studying. And yes. How are you finding this compared to the other studies you've done previously? Very, very strenuous. Mm. Uh, it's so uh, some of the stuff that we do, sometimes I'm challenged, very, very challenged to the point where I just want to give up. I don't want to – I'd rather do practical ministry than – to just to be reading, sitting the down theory. all the time. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. I, I, I believe there's a, it's important, Mm-mm. but um, I my faith grows when I'm out there witnessing for God. Mm-hmm. And um, that was um, actually the the first time I was actually introduced to canvassing, the first semester. Um, I had friends who were in my class, and they they invited me to come to a program where we. Um, this is how they termed it. This is all I got was um, you will make money. And so um, okay. that, in, that interested me. That was an incentive for me. So I decided, okay, I'm going to make money during the break. Mm. Um, so I decided to go. And, um, yeah, um, the first two, three days, um, God really humbled me. Mm. And he often has to do that. Sure, <laughs> um, yes. He, uh, he humbled me due to the fact that um, I was there for the wrong reason. 
But after a few days, I understood the importance of the canvassing work of the literature ministry. Yes. Um, and that um, now, even when I look back, I say, man, souls are more of, of more worth to God than money. Mm. And um, there, there are many stories which I can share with you about that, um, how God has blessed me abundantly mm. uh, during the canvassing work, even afterwards, um, to the point where I can truly say God is definitely good. Amen. Mm-hmm. So is there any story in regards to your experience with the canvassing work? And for those who are listening out, the canvassing work is actually where you go door to door. Yes. And you present books to people. Mm-hmm. And depending on the style you use, you're actually selling books or sometimes you mm-hmm. get a donation for books that you that you leave with them. Is that mm-hmm. is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So is there any, any stories that stand out that you think would be worth sharing? Uh, there's there's one story which I'll share with you. Um, often at the at the end of the day, we call it the the golden hour, mm. and uh, this is the last hour of the day. And uh, usually we call it that due to the fact that uh, God works miraculously during this hour. So um, what happened was we came to a street and we pulled over to the curb, and just before we left, we uh, we said a prayer, mm. and um, we said a prayer, and um, I was told by the the early leader. Uh, the literature evangelist leader, that um, your house is the first house on the left. And so as I get out of the car, I have uh, my health book in my hand. Mm. I drop my health book on the ground. And as I was I, as I was picking it up to clean it, um, I was saying, man, when you damage a book, the, the value falls. Sure. And so um, what happened was my my friend who was with me, he decided to go to the house which I was allotted. And in my mind, I was saying, he's taking my house. <laughs> okay. and, um, and, and, and this, this work is good due to the fact that it develops your character. Mm, and yeah. it actually showed me where my faults were. Yeah. And um, so he went to, to the house and he got a sale at the house. And I was like, man, this guy just took my sale. And so <laughs> I went to the next house and I went to the next house and I came to the door. I was just about to knock on the door. Um, the kids inside, they said, there's someone at the door. And uh, this dog just pops out of the out of the house, and I'm I'm pretty scared of dogs due mm. to the fact that a dog actually chased me once across the road okay. when I was um, crippled with just one ankle. I oh. had to jump across. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wasn't too fond of dogs, so I decided to move back. And I, the man who uh, who owned the house came out, and uh, he said, oh, "How can I help you?" And um, I said, "Is your dog friendly?" He said, "Yeah, it's a, it's okay." Uh, and I started to show him the books, and um, he uh, he came to the point where he says, "I'm not buying anything. I'm not signing up for anything." <laughs> I don't want anything from you. Mm. Uh, and so um, I said, oh, that's okay. And usually we drop down to free little books. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a mixture of a physical, mental, and spiritual book. And included yeah. in that is The Steps to Christ. Okay. And so I canvass him those books. And uh, he gets the books, the free books. And he looks at all of them and he says, he looks at me mischievously with those eyes. Mm-hmm. And he says, are you a Mormon or Jehovah's Witness? Yes. And I say, oh, they're very nice people. Mm. But I'm not one of them. Mm. And we started to talk and I started to build bridges with him. And I noticed that his shirt was open and he had a scar on his on mm. his chest. Mm. And I said, oh, what happened to your chest? And he said, oh, I had, had heart surgery. Um, and I just came out of hospital and, and so forth. And we started talking. And at this time, his wife had left the house. Uh, she went to the shop. Mm. Um, and 20, 30 minutes later, she, uh, she came back. But we were just 
we kept talking and he started to reveal to me about about Mithra, about Hinduism and all these different types of gods. So he'd been doing a little bit of studying himself. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he was he was searching and um, his his wife came back and his wife said to him and me, he said, Honey, leave the man alone. He wants to go home. <laughs> and so we kept talking, we kept talking, and mm. I started to canvass him the more spiritual books, um, mm-hmm. The Great Controversy and The Ministry of Healing. Yes. And uh, he said, nah, 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 nah. And um, it got to the point where it was just 40, 50 minutes being there, and I said, oh, okay, I'm going to have to leave. Um, would you like to leave a donation? Mm. And he said, you want a donation? Of course I'll get you a donation. So he went to his car and he brought back $50. Wow. And he gave me the $50 and I said, sir, I would be remiss not to give you a book, please. Great Controversy or Ministry of Healing? Mm. And he said, we're trying to change your life. And I said, oh, The Great Controversy is a powerful book. You need this book. Mm-hmm. And so he took the book. Yes. And at that moment, I said to him, sir, can I pray for you? And he started to jump up and down. I've never seen someone so happy to have someone pray for them. Really? And yes. And so what he did was he said, come inside. Um, you can pray for us. Come inside. And so I came inside and um, his children, he had three or four children, and they're all playing games, watching TV. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he came inside and he said, children, turn off Everything right now, this man, he's come to our house. He's going to pray for us. He's going to bless our house. Wow. And I was standing in the house. I was saying, man, this is this is crazy. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that when I was talking with him, he um, his his breath smelled like he was drunk, mm. inebriated. Mm-hmm. So he uh, he went in his house and he's told his children that. And one of the little children said, but I'm not Christian. Oh, and, really? And he said, you don't have to be Christian. It's okay. This man is going to pray for us. He's going to bless our house. Yes. And at this moment, I looked at the wife, um, and um, afterwards, as as I found out, his wife was an atheist. Ah. So the wife went to the toilet, and she locked herself in the toilet. Wow. And all the children came around. We came into the living room, and we, uh, we got in a circle. And um, all of a sudden, the man said, okay, let's hold hands. We all held hands. Wow. And then after that, he started to kneel. And I was in my mind, I was saying, this man, he's been drinking. He's, he knows how to pray. He prays on his knees. Yeah. And so all of us held hands. We went on our knees. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, the dog jumped into the circle. And oh. so everyone was complying. The whole family except for the mother. Except for the mother. Wow. And so I started to pray. And as I was praying, the little kids started to mock me. And so I was. This was the little kid that said that he doesn't believe in God. Yes. Atheist. Yeah. Okay. And um, so the little kid, they, this is what they were doing while I was praying. They say, "La la 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 la, Amen. La 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 la, Amen." And I was sitting, I was kneeling and praying, and I was saying, "Lord, what can I say?" Yes. And so while I was praying, I said, "Lord, I thank you so much for these children. I know that you are smiling down from heaven, and that you love them so dearly." Mm. And they stopped mocking me. Oh, really? Yes. While we were praying, and then after I had finished, I got up and I said, this book would change your life. Mm. And I left, and as I left, the uh, the wife, uh, she opened the toilet door and she, she gave me evils. And uh, I left uh, knowing that, uh, hey, what a blessed experience. Mm. And when I got into the car, my friend said, aren't you glad you dropped your book? <laughs> <laughs> so if it wasn't for that dropped book, you would have got the other house and not this house and, yes. and that experience with these people. Mm. Yes. Oh, praise the Lord. That is an f- interesting story. Mm. 
Yeah. And I guess you don't know what the outcome is. That's still a journey that yes. these people are on. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, 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 the memory verse which we, we memorize is in Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. It says, cast thy bread upon the water okay. and thou shalt find it after many, many days. days. Yes. And often at time, even when we do evangelism and ministry, we're like, I want to see results right now. Yes. But God doesn't let you see it due to the fact that you might get prideful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm waiting and I'm hoping and I'm praying that um, if ever I get to heaven by God's grace, I want, I want to say, God, I want you to show me what happened to that book. Yes, it's interesting that you know, one of the attributes of God's saints is, and God's people is that they are to be patient mm. and they are to wait on the Lord, aren't they? Because, you know, if we look there at uh, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 12, mm-hmm. you know, the three angels' messages, which is the everlasting gospel mm-hmm. in the setting of the judgment, it says that the hour of his judgment has come. Mm-hmm. That end time gospel says that the outcome of that is that here are the patience of the saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it reminds you of another text there. It's the last three verses of Isaiah chapter 40. It says, They that wait on the Lord shall renew mm-hmm. their strength, and they shall mm-hmm. mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall mm-hmm. walk and not faint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Finna, that was, that was a very powerful story about how that man's life was impacted and also the fact that you. Thought he might have been closed-minded, but he was actually very open mm. to prayer, receiving the book, and then gave you a $50 donation. Are there any other examples of how the Lord has led you in your life? Mm. Yes, there's, there's one story which stands out amongst them. Uh, there's, at college, we have, we have this certain month where, uh, we, um, where everything is due. We call it the mad month of May. Right. And during this time, um, I took a lot of books home and uh, the very next morning, we, we woke up late at 8, um, 8.15, and me and my friend, uh, we have a theology student, uh, we, uh, we decided to eat breakfast, and long behold, we were late. Um, oh. We call it island time. Some people call it lazy time. But um, we, we, we decided, okay, we're going to have to walk. We started at 9 o'clock. Yes. And uh, so we started walking, and whenever we leave the home, mm. we always, we're always praying, God, someone's going to pick us up. Yes. And so I started walking with him. And as we were walking, we got to the main road, Freeman's Drive. And as we got there, we saw this big white van coming. Mm. And this big white van, we noticed, hey, that is pastor's car. Oh. And so when the pastor comes, he pulls down his window and he bibs the horn and he says, hey, boys. And uh, he drives straight past us. Right. And our hope just fell. Yes. And we continued to walk. And as we walked, another pastor's car came and says, Man, pastor's going to pick us up. We're going to get to college on time. And Amen. he did the same thing. He he pulled down his window. He bipped a horn. And you've he had waved. the high priest and you've had the Levite so far. <laughs> yes. And at that time, I, that's exactly what I told my my theology friend. I said, Zacchaeus, the priest went by and the Levite went by. <laughs> the good Samaritan or the Samaritan is on, on his, his way. way. And so at this time, he took my books. And he took my books with him. And as he took my books, uh, we decided to walk. And we kept walking, walking 10, 20 minutes. No one picked us up. Mm. And so as we were walking, we kept encouraging one another, someone is going to pick us up. Someone's going to pick us up. And as we get to the boom gate, we were both disappointed due to the fact that no one picks us up. Yes. And uh, he actually told me, Finne, no one picked us up. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit actually convicted me and he said that uh, I told him, I said, hey, Zacchaeus, the good Samaritan never came. 
the Good Samaritan was walking beside me the whole way. Ah, amen. So he was the Good Samaritan. Yes. <laughs> carrying your books. I just didn't see it at the time. Yes. But uh, the, the spiritual application which I got from that is many times we're waiting for people to pick us up. Mm. But God has already sent someone. Yeah, amen. Mm. Wonderful. So sometimes we're looking somewhere in the distance or looking for a miracle when we could be living a miracle right there and then. Mm. Yeah, thank you very much for that, Finney. Thank you for blessing us with your testimony today. We pray that God will continue to lead you and bless you on your journey as you head to his kingdom. And may many people be blessed by your testimony and many souls be won as a result of that. Mm. Thank you, dear listener, for joining us today on by the word of their testimony. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, please contact us at 3ABN Australia Radio. In Australia, you can ring us on 0249733456 or you can email us at radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. And if you are on Facebook, please go and look out our Facebook page, our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. Be sure to like us. And then what we'll do is we'll put regular updates there where you can see what our future programs are. So we look forward to you joining us next time as we share more of what God has done in the lives of ordinary people just like you and me. Until then. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.